Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, amid glass and steel towers, in the heart of the South's largest city with the busiest airport in the world, this is The Conversation Cafe, a weekly internet radio show that interviews fascinating guests who are engaged in a verbal exchange of sentiments, observations, opinions, and ideas that educate, empower, and enlighten. Well, you know that age-old saying, if you change something in history, it might change something right now. This is Conscious Radio for our conscious people. There would have never been special education had there not been school desegregation. And now, here are your hosts, A. Raquel and Mahogany Dawn. Welcome back to another edition of the Conversation Cafe. We are your hosts, A. Raquel and Mahogany Dawn. We are coming to you live from Studio 3408 here in Atlanta, Georgia. I am excited about having the opportunity to come and be with you again for another Tuesday evening. It's a rainy Tuesday here in Atlanta, but I'm glad it's just not cold. So, again, I'm excited to be back in the cafe with all of you out there in the cafe world. I tell you, uh, we have a great show lined up for you this evening, our celebrity and entertainment uh, correspondent from com will be joining us this evening to enlighten us about what's been going around on around Atlanta as well as maybe in Hollywood or New York and some other places. So I'm excited to hear from him this week. And then in our second half, we're going to talk about what say you. So my co-host, hey, Raquel, how are you today? will be joining me in the studio live here in Atlanta, Georgia. How are you, Avery Kell? I am wonderful, Mahogany Dawn. Glad to be back in the studio. Feeling so much better, more so than as it was last week. Um, you know, getting out in there, the weather was not fun. However, as I stated here, it is raining today, but it is a little bit warmer. We would like to welcome all of our listeners back into the cafe this, this evening. And if you'd like to join us later, you can give us a call at 773-897-3986 or hit us up on Twitter at the Combo Cafe. Also, you can hit us on Facebook, too, as well, at the Combo Cafe. And we would love to hear you. We would love to entertain your comments and your questions and your concerns or whatever you're, uh, you may have on your heart and your mind today. Please do share it with us. We would love to hear from you, of course. As always, we are here live. We would love to hear from you live, too. So if you're listening to us live online, you can call in 773-897-3986. 773-897-3986 is the number to talk to us live at any point in time in the show. And for those of you who are listening, streaming through your your phones, your iPads, your tablets, or your desktop computers, our chat rooms will be opening up real soon, so we look forward to hearing from you over in our chat room online as well. So, Kel, what's really been going on with you this evening? Not much, not much. Looking forward to the weekend, I can tell you that. 
But, you know, there are quite a few things that are going on in the news today. We saw that Ben Yahoo came to visit America and spoke for a joint um, with Congress. And uh, that, that visit was not um, known or verified through the White House. So, you know, there's some controversy with that particular visit today. Uh, other than that, looking at a few things, uh, the news that we heard about uh, Byron Allen suing Comcast and Reverend Aaron Sharpton, there's a lot of things going on behind that. So I've been listening to some commentary trying to figure out exactly what's what. We are still researching some of that story. So uh, make sure we want to bring that topic back up and see exactly where uh, we stand uh, as in terms of the Conversation Cafe in reference to that particular legal and legal battle. Well, I'll be looking forward to that, I tell you. Uh, something I saw as I was looking through my timeline about, you know, I think I think you and I, Erica, have had some discussion about how the looks of our children or or people's children are looking now that they're starting to, it appears as though they're all starting to have a very similar look. And uh, Ava Kelly and I were having that discussion because as I was surfing my uh, social media timeline and I came across, you know, some photos, and I was like, some of these photos look a little weird, you know, and given that you know the, the parents, and then you see the child, and it's, and it's almost in disbelief because it's like, really? Did the child really look like that? Uh, maybe something something transpired. But even in that and all the discussions we've had over the last couple of weeks, you know, I was saying or speculating that possibly do you think that they are trying to alter the way our next generation of people are going to look via uh, pre, prenatal vitamins? Because it appears now that a lot of the people who are having babies, as they're showing their pictures, they seem to be having certain distinct features that you can't get from, to me, from certain pe- certain people being together. Well, that's true. I mean, I noticed that we're looking at the same looks, they, um, especially with the African-American kids that we were discussing. They do have some very distinct features that I'm saying not only here in America, but you send them around the world, actually. And so I think we talked about this story over, um, about a year or two ago. Yeah. We started seeing the change, and when the when the article that you read came out, we came to the conclusion that there were some, you know, people – you know, it has been stated that some people would be, able, would be able to go out and, and pretty much pick whether their kids look. Well, I think it's right. more um, detailed than that. I think it's more uh, of, like you said, the uh, prenatal vitamins and things that they're taking. And then, you know, some of the other things that, that just look too suspicious. So I, I never uh, will put anything past our medical community. Uh, sometimes, you know, there are things going on unbeknownst to the community as a whole. So you never know. I know. So, you know, I'm just kind of like saying, take a look at some of the kids, some of the babies, some of the children who are being born now and their looks from the looks of their eyes, the shape of their eyes, the complexion of their skin seems very similar and it's kind of uniformed across the board because at first I didn't want to believe it, but then I took a picture of one baby and put it up against another baby, and these babies are right now in, in two completely different states. Parents do not know each other, have never known each other, but these babies look very, they have 
some very similar distinct features that are similar. And the, neither parent, neither set of parents possess these type of features. Right. So they would lead one to believe, you know, once you start looking at them, because I know when we were growing up, um, you know, the elders in the communities were able to just, uh, almost tell what family you came from based on your facial features. Right. And right. they could tell, you know, by nose, cheekbones, lips. Exactly, exactly. They were like, oh, I know that's a Washington. Right. They they had that Washington head, you know. Oh, oh, that oh, that's that's a slim child right there. Look at look at look at the way that they walk, you know. Right. It was it was things like that that was body shape. Body shape. Right. You know, I think uh, we we are seeing some things now that are very distinctive: Uh, skin color, eye color, uh, hair texture, um, the color of the hair. Um, even some come down to the shape of the eyes as well as the nose, and it's like you said, more frequent. And like I say, it's not just here in America; you see it all over the world. Right. Remember, I, it was I, I do believe it was last year, or it could have been the year before, uh, but I think it was in the early parts of last year when I came across the article that was talking about how they are perceiving that our race of people will be um, maybe in about 15, 20 years from now. Right. And they were saying that pretty much we were not going to have any 100% pure races Correct. just because of so many of our races now are intermixing and mingling, and they are having children. And so with that, the races are mixing up. And then they kind of gave a picture of what they felt like the 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 world would look like, what the people of the world would look like right. in about 20 years from now. And to me, that's what those babies are now starting to symbol uh, or resemble. Right. And then um, another fact was there was an article stating the fact that um, Chinese, I think, uh, men are encouraged to uh, meet with African women. And then I know that, you know, sometimes ago, looking back at some history, you would see how the Indian men would mate with African women. And the result of those skin colors, those textures of hair, those um, feature, facial features, body shapes, and things of that nature, you know, were altered, or, you know, based on not only the region, but based on the genetics of the two individuals that um, were together. So, you well, know. you're absolutely correct, because just, cause just um, at the beginning of this week, I came across an, another article over on the Internet that talked about how um, fertility clinics in Ghana, Africa, were urging couples to have biracial babies. For, and and they were saying it was for the better future of Africa. So well, you know that that to me, like I said, going back, if you look at history, follow history, and and see you know what has taken place and some of the things that have taken place in terms of people coming together or assimilating together, not only in terms of their cultures but also in terms of mating, having children. Um, you see the results, and I think it's just. History repeating itself. I think it happens quite a quite a bit you know, every century, so to speak. So I don't think it's unusual. And yet, uh, we also had a conversation about you know the African American people being so willing to allow other people into our communities, where in other uh, communities they safeguard their communities by maintaining um, relationships within their communities. So I mean. If you look at it, I think it's, it's all over the world. It's not just in the United States. It's everywhere. It is. So tell us what you think, Cafe listeners, you know, about this new 
I hate to call it breed or new look of what our people are going to look like in the near future. Uh, chime in on that. Let us know. Tell us what your thoughts are on that. You know, do you think that it's okay that eventually we look down, when we look further down the road that we won't have any pure African Americans, we won't have any pure Caucasians, any pure Asians, or or what what is Greek, German? Well, I think we, you know, we have a little we Scottish. throughout the ages we've had, you know, uh, everyone was not a pure race, but you know, I think it's going to be more prevalent. You know, in the coming years. So, we, you know, we'll look to see. Shout us out and let us know what you think. Again, you can reach us on Twitter at The Combo Cafe and just let us know what your opinion is. Okay. Well, this is The Conversation Cafe. We are your hosts, A Rock Hill and Mahogany Dawn, and we are coming to you live from Studio 3408 here in Atlanta, Georgia. If you are just chiming in, we've been talking a little bit about. Just some some news that some things that's been in the news. That's what we do here in the conversation cafe. What's on our hearts and our minds. Sometimes we like to put it out there and see what you think about it. We like to get your opinion. So again, if you'd like to chime in the conversation at any point in time throughout this night, this evening, this show, you can do so. Call seven seven three eight nine seven three nine eight six. Facebook us. Tweet us. At the Convo Cafe, we are going to take a brief break, and when we come back, he is here live in the studio with us on this Tuesday night. Celebrity entertainment correspondent Ray Cornelius of RayCornelius.com. I can't wait. We'll be right back. Tonight's top story: storms on the East Coast causing delays up and down the May entire region. your attention, please. Due to extreme weather conditions, Flight 416 to Los Angeles has been canceled. Ticket is happening. Your flight has been canceled. The five most hated words of any business traveler. And on days like these, you know it's not the airline's fault. That's not the point. Hi, how can I help you? I was booked on American Flight 416. Mm -hmm. You're just looking for some straight answers. I have got to be in Los Angeles by 7 this evening. You want somebody to tell you your options. Let's see if we can reroute you to another city. At American Airlines, we can't control the weather. But we will tell you the truth. We'll always give you your best option, even if it's on another airline. Your ticketed through to Los Angeles, and they're boarding now at gate 9. Oh, thanks. Because we know that a little honesty goes a long, long way. Honey, tell Billy to look for me at halftime. I'll be there. We're American Airlines. Welcome back to the Conversation Cafe. We are your hosts, A. Raquel and Mahogany Dawn. We're live here in Studio 3408 in the rainy Atlanta, GA. Well, it is now almost 15 after the hour, and I know that you all have been waiting like I have been waiting for none other than celebrity and entertainment correspondent. Help me welcome back to the cafe for another Tuesday correspondent news update. Ladies and gentlemen, he is here live with us. None other than Ray Cornelius. What is going on, Ray Cornelius? I have to say, you know what? I promise I don't pay her to do that, but she does it so right every time. <laughs> I appreciate okay. that welcome so much. 
You know, I, I can all I, I'll, I'll always say this. You all, you guys always make me feel good every Tuesday. Every Tuesday, I may be having a bad day, but when I come to the conversation cafe, I always feel welcome and feel good. So thank you so much for that. <laughs> oh, you are so welcome. Thank you for being here with us. Yeah. Oh my God. When I tell you, there is so 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 much going on. So I'm going to try to jump right into it. A lot of new projects. You know, the beginning of the year is always. Uh, a season of newness, new shows, new premieres, new debuts. And so there's a lot of new projects uh, that have kind of been under wraps, but people are definitely now starting to come out about it and got some really good news. Boris Kojo and his beautiful wife, Nicole Irie Parker, will be the host of a new talk show coming to the Fox Network on July the 6th. The Boris and Nicole show will feature the couple's take on current affairs, parenting, and marriage, and they will also be joined by some of their celebrity friends and invited guests. Uh, the show will do a test run in the New York and at Los Angeles markets, and there are some other markets that will be announced really soon, but that is a huge step for these guys. I know them personally, beautiful couple, and uh, so looking forward to seeing this show. I'm sure they do have a lot to say. Also, congratulations to Oprah Winfrey and Tyler Perry. You know, they've been working very well together, and uh, Owen recently announced that they will be adding additional episodes of all four of Tyler Perry's uh, programs on the network, The Have and the Have-Nots, Love That Neighbor, uh, Love That Neighbor, If Loving You Is Wrong, and For Better or Worse, have all been extended. Uh, each of those shows, uh, Have and Have-Nots, will get 23 more episodes. Love That Neighbor will get 22 more episodes. I have Loving You is Wrong is 22 more episodes, and for better or worse, we'll get 20 more episodes. According to Owen, the, the partnership with Tyler Perry and Owen is dynamic, and they just want to continue that magic. Also, veteran actress and recent BET Honors uh, recipient Felicia Rashad will be hopefully coming back to prime time. I think I had said maybe a couple of weeks back that Ava DuVernay had a new uh, a series or drama that she's working on with CBS titled For Justice. And it looks like they have a leading actress. Uh, Felicia Rashad will be playing a, a gay female FBI, FBI agent who works in the criminal section of the Department of Civil Rights Division and is caught sort of between a, a rock and a hard place. She's caught between her radical views and her family's professional uh, demeanor. So that should be a really interesting uh, take. We haven't seen her on prime time in a, a very long time, so it's really good to see uh, a nod to our veteran actresses. Also, got to talk about this issue. You know, there's been so much debate going on between Oscar winner Monique and uh, Empire's creator Lee Daniels. And so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get the – I believe this is the latest update between them. If you have not been hearing, uh, Monique basically came out and said that Lee Daniels had told her that she had been blackballed by Hollywood – uh, basically, uh, Monique did not, quote-unquote, play fairly during um, Oscar uh, season, uh, the year that she won, and basically um, was blackballed by Hollywood. Now, it was uh, reportedly said that, um, you know, I, I guess when you're nominated for an Oscar, there are promotional appearances that you have to make on behalf of the film. And allegedly, Monique did not want to do those appearances without receiving an appearance fee. And I guess that is not how you play that quote-unquote Oscar game. And so, uh, according to Daniels, she was blackballed by Hollywood. Now Monique is 
coming back and saying that she was not blackballed by Hollywood, but that she was indeed blackballed by Lee Daniels. And basically what she's saying is that because she did not thank him in her acceptance speech, he's upset. Ladies, <laughs> what are your thoughts on this whole he said, she said uh, situation between Monique and Lee Daniels? I think the timing is awful, but I, I'm happy to hear that she has an opinion. I think for me, you know, personally, I always wonder what happened, what took place, with, you know, she, it almost feels like she dropped off the face of the earth you know, after her Oscar win. And so I always wondered, you know, what was the real deal behind it. I read several articles, and they seem to say that, you know, Monique was very, she and her husband were very hard to work with and very mm. demanding. And so, you know, when Lee Daniels stated that she didn't play the game and things of that nature, you know, you know, I, I know there's truth on both sides, you know. Right. It's, it's right. always 50 50 this, or, you know, somewhere you have to meet someone in the middle. But we've heard, I've heard conflicting stories, and a lot of people are saying, you know, some heavy hitters in Hollywood that I've heard say that she needs to learn um, etiquette, I'll put it that way, be tactful. Mm. And okay. uh, some diplomacy. So, you know, what, what's your take, Ray? You know, I, it's so weird because I've, I've heard over the years that there is a way that when you are nominated for an Oscar, there's a certain way that you're supposed to be. Um, I heard that sometimes campaigning for a win can get you a loss. Um, it's kind of hard to say. You know, I, I, I think whatever is presented before you, I, I think you always have to keep in the forefront of, of your mind um, those that, that obviously presented the project to you. Definitely want to thank those people. And, I guess I don't know. I, see, the thing is, I don't know what the game is. <laughs> I think if I knew what the game was, I, I would have a better a better opinion. If the game is quote unquote, you know, making the appearances, whether you get paid or not, um, getting out there and 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 doing those types of things, then I say do it, do it, because if that is going to get you one step closer to the award then I think that's something that, that, that I would do. But, again, I don't know what the quote-unquote game is, so it's kind of hard for me to to say, hey, you know, yeah, I would do this or, or I wouldn't do this. Um, I will say um, it is unfortunate, and you're absolutely right, Raquel, it, it appeared that after she won the award, um, she just kind of, you know, she did the show. She had her Monique show on BET, and I think that lasted, what, two seasons? And then that ended, and then we just didn't really see her anymore. Now, I will say that she has three projects that she is currently um, starring in. Of course, uh, the new uh, Bessie Smith biopic, Bessie, that is coming out on HBO. She's starring in that alongside Queen Latifah and uh, Candy Alexander from Scandal. And then she's also uh, starring in and co-producing a coming-of-age film uh, titled Blackbird, and that's an indie project. She is also starring in a new um, indie project titled About, and these are 13 different stories of people struggling to get over some form of adversity, um, including loss and homelessness, addiction, and suicidal tendencies. And so that's a new project that she has um, coming out. And she also uh, said that, you know, she's really not uh, missing checks. (laughs) She's not really missing 
work. Uh, I, I want to say I read somewhere that she said that some of the quality of the films that have been offered to her since the Oscar win have not been the very best. So, you know, I, I think it goes back to that old thing of there's, you know, three sides to every story, his, hers, and the truth. And right. I, I think until we get a little bit more of an understanding, for me, I would say, of what the game is and what is this game that you have to play, then that'll kind of give me a, you know, that would help me understand her stance a little bit more that it really wasn't about Hollywood saying no to her as much as it was about him because he felt disrespected. And it could be, you know, there would be the fact, you know. Um, yeah. I guess we have to watch the story and see what how it unfolds. But I'm glad she's back. She was missed, yeah. but going back to her television show, I thought at, at first it was renewed, and then like a week or two later, it was you know just taken off. Even the reruns were taken off. I mean, right. unexpectedly. So I think a lot of people are like, well, you know, as I stated earlier, what happened? In the world happened. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I will say this, and and this is probably uh, something for another conversation, but. I And this is just my personal take, and I, I want you guys to really think about this um, after I say it because this is just my observation. But to me, I don't know – to me, I, I've noticed that the careers of those African-American actors that have won Oscars, um, it, 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 it has taken them a little bit longer to get in more quality films, if that makes sense. Um, when you look at someone like a Cuba Gooding Jr., um, who won, you know, his Oscar for uh, God, the movie that he was in with, with um, uh, God, Tom Cruise. I can't think of the, the name of it. Jerry, um, Jerry McGuire. Yeah, Jerry McGuire. Right. When was the last time we really saw him in Outside of the Butler, a really a really great film? Um, same thing with Halle Berry. Uh, I was watching the Essence Black Women in Film uh, Awards. And they showed a, a clip of Barry a couple of years ago, I think maybe 2012, where she was receiving an award, and she was like, "Wow, I haven't received an award in a long time," you know. Um, right. And then I also saw a headline where she said that, you know, I haven't, you know, uh, it's hard for me to get movie roles. And so I don't know if, if necess- my point is, I don't know if necessarily winning the Oscar is the ultimate goal because a lot of these actors that have won Oscars that are African American. It's not as if the movie roles have just been falling out of the sky for them. You know what I mean? It's they've had to really work to get these roles after the films, and they haven't really been as, as to me, as impressive as the movie that they were in that won them the award. That's just my opinion, but think about yeah, it. I, and I think you're right. I think you're very much right, and even that goes for Jennifer Hudson um, because you know after she won her award, it was I think we in the Entertainment were expecting her to do greater things, and it totally went the opposite direction. Yeah, I mean, Secret Secret Life of Bees was a great role. I don't, you know, the Sex in the City. I, I, unfortunately, I, I never watched the show, so I really wasn't a fan of that whole thing, and I didn't go, you know, to the movie to go see it. But that was supposedly a, a very big role. But it's like, how do you go from from almost being a lead to sort of being a, a supporting actress. But anyway, I, I just, you know, I just, I, I think that the Oscar is supposed to open that door for you to have better roles, better choices, um, making better decisions as an actor. And I just don't know if those opportunities are afforded to 
um, actors of color after they win the award. I just I don't see it. I could be wrong, but I don't see it. You know, I think you're absolutely correct, Ray. I, I believe that um, a lot of the challenge comes in with what's available, meaning, you know, roles, what's available to them. Yeah, I right. don't think that we have as many, as you say, opportunities or roles available, even available to them. So, I mean, because I, I hear so often when they're in panel discussions together that a lot of them, where well, they are often um, competing against each other. And so, right. you know, where you may have one role or two roles in a major film for an African-American female or an African-American male, but then, you know, when you look at all of them, it's seven or eight of them vying for that same position right? or that same role. 20. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, I was trying to be a little conservative. But you're right, you know, and they are all, you know, vying for those one or two roles in those films. And then when you look at how many African-American all-cast movies or films come out is is limited too as well. We don't get as many every you know, we right. may get one one good one or maybe two um good films a year as opposed to, you know, when we see the tons of other films that come out on an annual basis. Right. Yeah. And it's just it's it's heartbreaking in in a way because, you know, you know that they are talented and then what seems to be the pattern is they have to opt for doing uh, independent films, which, you know, the general public, you know, don't really know about, um, or right. they may see them two or three years later, maybe 10, or they are forced to go into television work. And then there are, so, there are only so many series that those individuals will fit into as well, because now you have the, a lot of the doctor-related series. They have a new series that they came on in NBC last evening, totally different, younger crew. So I say it's a younger um, ER crew, um, you know, up to date. And then you have the um, CSI shows. There are only going to be so many CSI shows or, you know, things that mention all of them, their personalities and their acting abilities. Um, not they can't say that they can't bridge, bridge over or, or get, you know, go in that direction. But there's only so many shows on television that's going to carry those actors. So, again, they're either supposed to go back to Broadway or some uh, play, the play circuit. Um, so it's, it's yeah. very right. interesting when they do win, you know, the Oscar and things of that nature. And I think that the people, I think that the directors like uh, Lee Daniels and Shonda Rhimes are doing a great job with trying to put as many of them to work as they can. Right. Especially, right. you know, with the various series that they write and direct. They're, I mean, they're they're really trying because when you look at Empire, you know, they have quite a few that they brought on old and new, right. you know, right. and 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 that's the thing too is it's just as many uh, up and coming actors who are looking for their opportunity as yeah. well, but then you have so many of the seasoned yeah. actors who haven't really had their day in the spotlight. <laughs> So it's like well, you know, it's like what do we do? You want to give the new people an opportunity, but you want to give the seasoned actors an opportunity as well. So you kind of you know cross what's, what's between the two. Well, I was going to say what's interesting about that is that you know, uh, and, and I talked to several actors, and I think I may have mentioned this before that a lot of the actors now are saying uh, when asked, you know, uh, why 
are, you know, are we seeing more film actors do television, a lot of them will say that the stories are more compelling on television now. A lot of the films that are being done are remakes or they just don't have interesting, but a lot of the television series now are almost like miniature movies. I mean, have you ever, uh, have you ever seen the, the Viking series? It's almost like watching a miniature film. And so a lot uh, of these actors are, you know, segueing from film into television. Viola Davis is a prime example. Half of the world would have never known who uh, she is had it not been for this show. And, and those of us that are familiar with her film and stage work know how dynamic she is. But I think what uh, How to Get Away with Murder has done is really, you know, given her a, a world or a global platform. With that being said, now that um, there has been success with African Americans in leading roles, I think more opportunities are opening up. I think a, a few weeks back I had posted where there were several new um, pilots that are going to be African American led because they now get that African American audiences will watch these programs. Scandal, right. How to Get Away with Murder, right. Empire, Red Band Society. I mean, it's it, it. You know, so I, I think the tide is changing a little bit. But like you said, with the limited amount of roles, you may have fifty African American actors going after one or two parts. So, right, right. Yeah. And you know, something else <laughs> that I can't wait, and I'm and I'm waiting to see how this turns out with streaming. Right. The streaming networks, the Hulu, the Netflix, the Amazon, because of course I am a subscriber to those net to those networks, or and um, there are quite a few movies, independent films right. that feature right. a lot of our African Americans in them that are on that are available on there, and I think that that's going to be end up being a, a great platform because I, I believe Netflix is doing a great job. Oh. establishing original series and exactly. programming, they're going to take over. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, here's what's interesting about that, and I know the, the listeners are like, okay, we'll get back to the news, but this is this is this this will hopefully give you a better perspective of how things are kind of moving and shaping in Hollywood. You know, Netflix mm-hmm. is presenting a Nina Simone documentary. This is not the Nina oh, Simone well. film that is starring um, – um, Oh gosh, what's Zoe, her name? Uh, Zoe and Saldana. Thank you. Yeah. This, yeah, this is an actual documentary that includes, you know, uh, never before seen footage, video footage, photos, uh, recordings from Nina. So Nina is telling her own story, and that is actually debuting on June the 26th. Now, what's interesting is that you brought that up because knowing that this film is going to be hugely successful is going to open up the door for more diverse, uh, women-based, you know, minority-based films, projects, series, Mm -hmm. plays, whatever, you know, whatever that they can conceive, they can now put it on Netflix. And what this will do is drive competition between them and the networks because right now the competition is between the networks and the movie theaters or movie studios. Because they're, because television is creating better content than what we're going to see at the movies, and even and even in, when you think about cable, 
I mean, Empire really should be a Showtime program. I mean, it's kind of borderline Showtime anyway, but it really should be a cable program. You know what I mean? So there is there is this this tug of war between the movie studios, cable, and then the three big networks like ABC, NBC, and CBS, and that's why they're they're trying to compete with all of it. And then you have, like you said, brewing off to the side are the streamers, like like your Netflix, that are now creating original content. So I would say this. Independent films, I believe, over the next two years, two to three years, are no longer going to be, you know, the the alternative route. But that's going to really be the way to go. If you think about the films that really caused a lot of noise and a lot of stir at the Oscars, a lot of them were indie films. So I think right now indie films are finally getting that shine and that spotlight that they need, and actors won't feel like, oh, gosh, I can't get a major film. I'll do indie. No, they're going to be trying to do indie because that's what's actually winning awards. Mm-hmm. You're right, and, and hopefully with that, you, we'll still be able to see the stories that we need to tell with uh, more creative control so that we can tell them uh, as close to reality as possible without losing that, um, I guess you said, that, that entertainment part of it. So it's right. entertaining and yet um, informative. So I think there's going to be a lot of more creative control because uh, we were watching Netflix Saturday and watching a series that I just love, um, Top of Cards. And so, okay. I mean, with that, that is off the chain. I mean, it kills yeah. you if you like politics and things of that nature. You know, it, it's better, it, it's, it's ten times better than... It's scandal to me. It can easily compete with scandal. It, it surpasses it. Yeah. To me, it surpasses But it captures your attention. It's on Netflix, so you get to see it as often as you want to. I think they have a lot of creative control. Um, and I think his name is William, uh, Bo Williamson, I think, is one of the executive directors, along with, what's the other guy's name? Um, Kevin. Kevin Spacey. And so, yeah. I mean, they go, they go all the way there. So it's to me is a it's, it's along the lines of scandal. However, to me, it's more refined to a edgy. degree. It's more it edgier. Edge. Yeah, it has, but it's along the same storyline. But it's like a step okay. above, a little above scandal. And if people haven't seen it, if you look at them and compare the two, to me, you get a great idea about what goes on in DC. A lot of people say, "Oh, that doesn't happen." I believe that that it does. And I think you get a, a more <laughs> truthful story um, about really what happens in D.C., uh, what is, you know, the insiders, you know, the games that the insiders play. It, it, politics, I mean, it's right. politics one-on-one. But you're yeah. right, Netflix, Hulu, um, some of the other, I think Chrome has um, something that's coming out. Um, Amazon, I think, has something that's out. So, again, you get to pick and choose what you want to see, and then you have so many other actors. Uh, coming out with their own series that are hits, and I haven't heard of. I might hear of them in passing, um, just because I listen to a lot of uh, talk radio and things of that nature. But um, you have these series that people all over the world are tuning into because you know it points to their interest, it, it holds their attention, mm-hmm. and it informs them as well. So I think you're perfectly right about the independent films. I look forward to seeing more of that, um, and I wish oh, yeah. you know the best for. Yeah, African-American actors, I think that uh, that will be a place uh, from an economic standpoint that we can go with very little money and make very um, great documentaries, um, 
TV series and things of that nature, and no one can, you know, put you under the scope and tell you what you can and cannot do. Right. And, you know, and I, I will say this, um, and that, that, is, that is the reason why Selma was created was because of David Oyelowo working with Ava DuVernay, who, you know, has started out as an indie uh, filmmaker. Um, she was able to do such dynamic work with her first two films, I Will Follow and Middle of Nowhere, that when they needed someone to pick up that Selma project, he recommended her and said, look, this woman can, you know, basically turn water into wine. And she was able to look at that budget and tell them, look, we can make this film with this budget that you've given me. Because all of the other directors said, there's no way I can do this with this budget. So having that type of mindset of being able to do so much with so little is what what indie you know filmmakers are going to really be able to get away with and is and is now the new template for independent films. You can make dynamic films with very little. Check out Ava DuVernay's work with Selma. You know what I mean. So that's definitely the way to go. Speaking of films, one last story: Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky, and Mike. <laughs> you better like call them. <laughs> who cares who you like? There is a uh, there is a trailer that is floating around on the internet um, that is titled "The Any Heartbreak, The Movement." It's basically a website uh, of a film director here in Atlanta by the name of Bobby Huntley, who has created a uh, pilot, a trailer of a new edition biopic. He is basically uh, putting this out there to to drum up social media attention to um, bring awareness to this film project, this passion project of his that he wants to do. And basically he wants to be the producing company for a new edition film. Now, according to Hunt, he feels that uh, new edition is right up there with the temptations and the Jackson five and feels that this group deserves their own story. Um, you know, for years, new edition has been quote unquote seen as the underdogs of, of R and B music. And I'm sure everyone has seen the, behind the, the music story on the group and how, uh, for what, like the first couple of years they were touring and making music and those guys were basically dropped off back to the ghettos of Boston with no money. And it's like, how do you travel the world and do all these concerts and you come back home with no money? So what this guy wants to do is tell their story. If you go to my website, you can check out the trailer. I thought it was hot. I, you know, initially I I, um, I received a message from one of the actors in the film by the name of Brian Earl, who uh, plays Bobby Brown. And he hit me up on Instagram and was like, hey, dude, I've got this film, this trailer. Why don't you check it out? You know, let me know what you think. And, you know, at first I was kind of like, okay, who's this? <laughs> but then I started seeing, you know, um, seeing the buzz about it. And I was like, okay, let me check this out. Saw the trailer and was like, wow, this was done here. And it was actually done on a, on a zero budget. So check it out. It's, uh, the website is the Any Heartbreak, Any Heartbreak, The Movement. And um, have you ladies seen that trailer? No, but since you mentioned it, I'll check it out this evening. And I'll let you know next week <laughs> what I think. <laughs> you you got you to check it out. I mean, it's it's like, wow. Okay. I mean, like, he really it, – it, the, the actors are not recognizable um, from, from the website. They went through weeks of trying to find um, – actors and then having rehearsals 
But basically, he wanted to put together this pilot to shop. I, I have not heard uh, anything uh, from New Edition, uh, um, their, their take or their thoughts on the film. But I think if these guys take a look at the trailer, I think it will it will create some excitement to get some money going and get their story told. So I encourage everyone, check it out for all of these and the other stories that we talked about today. You can check those out at RayCornelius.com. You can also hit me up on Facebook under Ray Cornelius, as well as Instagram under Ray Cornelius, and on Twitter at RayCornelius75. Ladies, it's been great. Can't wait to watch uh, the Have and the Have Nots tonight. Empire is tomorrow. Um, got some other things coming up this weekend. It's also the Black Women in Film Network uh, Conference is taking place here in Atlanta, and they've got some exciting programs going on. You can definitely look that up on RayCornelius.com. And uh, look forward to talking to you next Tuesday. Thanks, Ray. Thanks so much. We look forward to having you back next Tuesday as well. As always, that was Ray Cornelius of RayCornelius.com, and we appreciate him stopping by the Conversation Cafe and sharing with us the latest and the greatest in celebrity and news entertainment updates. And um, I just I just richly enjoy Ray every week, you know, when he shares with us and tells us what's been going on you know, uh, and keeps us in the know. So I certainly appreciate him for that. And as always, we love him. We love him here in the Conversation Cafe. And we hope that you are loving him as well out there in the cafe. And, again, if you'd like to speak to us live, you can do so, 773-897-3986. Tweet us or Facebook us at The Combo Cafe. And this is the Conversation Cafe. We are live here in Studio 3408. We are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to delve right into our topic of tonight. What say you? What say you? What say you? We'll be right back. This is the Conversation Cafe.
Welcome back to the Conversation Cafe. I am Ed Raquel here in Studio 3408 with none other than my co-host, my Doan, Dolan, and we're listening to the latter part of our show. And we have asked the question today, what say you? I know there's a lot of things that are going on in the news and in your community that um, need attention. We need to bring attention to it. Uh, my Dolan and I were speaking earlier about a situation um, where, you know, individuals, just don't want to take responsibility for uh, certain things that they've been um, designated to do, and they often look for assistance with others to make them look good, feel good, and appear to be experts to their peers. However, in the foreground, you have them lacking with certain skills that they are not willing to um, own up to, and yet they are sometimes paid better, they're um, often in the spotlight, and yet they do not have um, the option to, you know, appreciate the ones that are that are assisting them with the thing that success. So, you know, that's some of the things that we were speaking of today, and I just want to go a little bit more in detail uh, yeah, Mahari doing his uh, opinion. So, what say you, Mahari? Yeah, you can sit here and laugh and grin because at first I didn't really know what, where we were going with this topic. But now that you have explained it this way, Erica, you are a mess, and uh, <laughs> she is being real messy up in, in the studio this evening for all of you out in the cafe world. I just want to let you know up front, Erica is a mess. She is, she is being super messy with this topic tonight. But we're gonna deal with it. Okay. I mean, we're gonna deal with it. You know. Yeah, we. Yeah, I do. I I I find challenges with with people not wanting to accept responsibility. You know, for their actions, not wanting to accept responsibility. Period. You know, be it personal, be it on a job. You know, and. Um, I, I'm laughing because Eric Ellis is a mess, y'all. This is this is wow. This is a real. This is a serious wow. However, <laughs> I mean, I think sometimes we 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 get, get a little taken aback. You know, sometimes with uh, individuals that we have to work with and bring things to fruition uh, with, and so sometimes what we the expectation is across the board that if you say you can do it, do it. If you cannot do it, ask for assistance and and you know let people know that you need the assistance. And sometimes I think we just take for granted and be appreciative and be, when you do receive the assistance and and grateful. Right. And it, it doesn't hurt to recognize when you've gotten help or assistance. But I guess I guess the challenge that I run into in Raquel and all of you who are listening, the challenge that I run into are it, it, it's when you just really never, ever want to just take responsibility for anything. You, If you are, to me, if you are a leader, then lead. And, often, and then take on, if something happens, don't be afraid to step up and say, you know what, I'm going to take responsibility because I'm the leader. I'm responsible for this group of people or I'm responsible for this section or this area or this project or this committee, whatever, you know. I don't care if you, you know, you, you're responsible for counting the, the time, number of times the wind blows. You know, take responsibility. Yes, and sometimes I think um, when we look from the outside in, when we look at leaders and we say, if you're a leader, lead, 
I think sometimes for some 21st century leaders, I don't think, uh, I think they, we've like that. Well, like that, you know, they can be made. And sometimes I think it's, uh, you're born with those characteristics that have to be honed in on and, and supported and, I guess, shaped. And I think sometimes when we make, choose to make people leaders that necessarily didn't want to be leaders and they don't like the functionality that goes along with being a leader, I think we place them in a, a, a catch-22, 20, but because they're being compensated as a leader, some of them would not give up that position knowing for whether they're not competent enough and they don't have the demeanor for it and nor do they have the personality for it. Uh, I, I agree, yes. I somewhat disagree because I believe that people can, you can breed or you can make a groom. Uh, I said, well, well, you can breed. You, you can breed. I mean, it is, it is, it can be passed down. And you can breed them from the beginning, from the womb into full existence. But they have to be responsible to that. But the ones that aren't and the ones that, that, a lot of people tend to turn to or tend to pull on or appoint as leaders. I think that those people sometimes have potential, but for some reason they we allow them or we accept the laziness from them. And so to me we never we never push back accountability to them towards them to make them be responsible. So how so how would that look? I mean, how would it look to you? It's kind of like like earlier, so that you know, I'm trying to talk about the subject and not talk about the subject, <laughs> and and you can keep smiling because I will get you back for this one. However, it's kind of like earlier when the situation was going on, and what I mean by pushing back accountability. So if you keep coming at me saying what you're not responsible for and what you're not responsible for and what I'm not responsible for, then my question comes back across the table, then tell me what are you responsible for? And if you have no clear answer of what you're responsible for, then we have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. That is true, and I think that. I think that. Because you're focused more on what you're not responsible for, so you say in your mind, what you're not responsible for, when at the end of the day, that is what you are responsible for. The very thing that you have concocted in your mind that you're not responsible for is really what you are responsible for. I mean, but it happens so often now that, you know, people, you know, I think we have an opportunity to look around sometimes and see that, you know, things are not done in the same manner, regardless of who it is, uh, with the same um, effort, with the same expertise, with the same passion, um, people often, you know, they take their potential to do something and turn it into expertise. Uh, and poten- potential is a, a characteristic of becoming an expert. Um, it does not necessarily say you have been a, you are a professional or an expert in that particular field. It says you have the disposition or potential. It's becoming. It's becoming. It's not saying that you are. That you are, right. And so it's not a state of being. It's, it's not a state of is or having or being. So um, I think a lot of people subject themselves to that state of being uh, uh, in the in the process of uh, or going into that potential and mistake it for being a professional or an expert. So then we do ourselves a disservice then by uh, by br- trying to bring along potential as opposed to placing the end. 
Well, I think potential has its place because anytime when you want to, to me, based on my experience and my research, that with embedded in potential is potential, passion, and position. But there is a a journey that one must take. There is um, accountability um, responsibilities, and there is a manner in which you have to go through and be tried and trained to become that leader. We're talking about a leader in, in this case, so I'm digressing a little. But you know, potential has a place um, because if you don't, you know, if you don't uh, within in, in potential in purpose, you have potential, but that potential has to be exercised so that it can become. Um, uh, fully engulfed in passion, which translates over to being an expert or, in this case, a, a professional. And sometimes I think um, when we get to the place that we rely on so many other people because we begin to delegate as leaders, you begin to delegate certain responsibilities out to other people, we take we uh, become lax in um, really leading. We just lead it to other people to do. And if something happens, then... Uh, they at some point in time, those that we are uh, responsible for leading, we allow them to become the scapegoat rather than taking the responsibility and say, hey, this is my team. Um, I take responsibility for it, and I'll make sure that the person is either cross-trained or retrained or need be repositioned, not saying that they cannot do a certain particular task, but they can be repositioned um, someplace that they are more relevant, that they have more experience, and that they can... um, you know, contribute on a more professional and professional uh, as an expert. So I think from from a leadership standpoint, and when it comes to purpose, you're already born with that disposition to do certain things. You already have the potential to do certain things. It's just that at some point in time, you have to be accountable for what you do, uh, what you know, and what you don't know. You're absolutely correct. And I th- I think something that you said about uh, when I I go back a little when you were talking about leaders delegating, I think that sometimes leaders, we become too comfortable with always delegating and never picking up and and doing some of the work ourselves. And so we become comfortable with, with saying, okay, you're responsible for this, you're responsible for that, you're responsible, and we never take anything on personally ourselves. And so sometimes I think that's how, maybe it becomes cloudy about what you are really, truly responsible for. Okay. Well, we have an individual on the line I think can speak very well of this. I hope he's in a position that he can elaborate on this particular subject. Let's check in with him and see if he can talk to us for a couple of minutes before we end our show. Elder Grace, are you available? Elder Grace, are you on the line? So what we're going to do, uh, he may be on the bank, he may be in a listening mode, but he is a true expert when it comes to leadership. And um, I think from a from the leadership standpoint, the other thing I think when we talk about leaders, uh, those in or those individuals in leadership positions, is the fact that from a functionality standpoint, when they begin to delegate to other people, they may delegate based um, on their uh, weakness. And, you know, rightly so, because you definitely have people on your team well, that can take up a slack. Right. Well, it seems like that's what you should delegate based you should. on the weakness. But, but I've, Jonathan, I've encountered that they delegate on their weakness and their strength. Right. So they're not willing to take, they're not willing to, they're they lazy. want to be a willing participant. Lazy. I guess. Lazy. Uh, well, yeah. lazy. 
sugarcoat. You want to talk about the subject today? You gonna sugarcoat lazy? Well, lazy, yeah, they can be, and then they expect you. They expect so much more out of the individual that they're delegating to. Then um, it becomes very unrealistic, you know. And then I think the vision is skewed, or the responsibilities as a whole for the team becomes skewed, and there can be a breakdown in miscommunication. Um, there's a breakdown in um, uh, relationships because of those very same, you know, minute or small issues that could be corrected if, um, from the standpoint that everyone is assigned um, from their strength, from the leader's weakness, but to their the, to the associates' um, strength. I think you know once they are clearly defined, then one can function within their. Um, well, expertise, and there shouldn't be uh, any forms of breakdown. And when there when there is, there should be a, a small tweak that can you know go on to make sure that things are taken care of. Absolutely. So that is what they use for this week. What I put they mahogany on the spot. I saw mahogany on, but I, yeah. I didn't even have an answer for it. back is difficult. I know. I know. And I'll be able to handle it. And the price is high. I just wanted to make sure. Just be prepared. I just want you to know. I'm I'm fully prepared, but I just wanted to get that off your chest, let you talk about what they use. Oh, it was was mentally exhausting. It it really was exhausting Um, just to have to deal with the whole thing, uh, you know, the whole ordeal. It's just exhausting, you know, I think because I just become tired of, Leaders, people carrying the title of leaders, and not really wanting to 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 lead. You know, the, I mean, the first four four letters is lead. Yes, the first four letters. That's so good. That saying. This is the conversation cafe. We hope you enjoy the show. Oh, you leave us with the er. Or er, yeah. So you know, it's still what say you? What say you about it? You can tweet us at. Well, you know, let us know what you feel about it on Twitter at the Combo Cafe. You can hit us up on Facebook, and you can even email us and give us your opinions at the Combo Cafe at gmail.com. Man, get off your tail and lead, whatever. Well, yeah, but so we, we want to. We do want to hear from you though. Please do tweet us, Facebook us, let us know. Keep the conversation going. You know, if you are one of those leaders, we want to hear from you too. If you are one of those who kind of shuck your your responsibilities, we want to hear from you too. Take and take and take all the credit if that is you. We want to hear from you too because your opinion is valuable here. Because we want to know why do you do that? What, what, what do you expect others from others when you do when you put others in a position of you always taking and not really giving back? They, right. So. That is the conversation cafe for this evening. We and now she got me riled up at the end of the show, but I love all of you all, and I do love A. Raquel too. I tell you. Certainly, think you have an opinion, as we say here. You have to remember that where there's no dialogue, there's no conversation. We certainly enjoyed the commentary this evening by celebrity entertainment blogger Rachel Nunez. I hope you consider some of the things that we discussed during that the time frame. It is relevant. Um, if you do have shows or you're looking for independent black family documentaries that you would love or still wouldn't necessarily be able to see on mainstream, uh, mainstream television or, you know, in the movies, check out Netflix, Hulu. She uh, advertising now is getting their dollars. Right. But there is a lot of there's, there are a lot of streaming networks right. out there right. who feature independent films. And so if you like to, you know, share your independent film, well, first and foremost, there are a lot of local organizations right. who, um, if you're here in the Atlanta metro area, we have the Bronze Lens 
Film Festival where you can um, actually showcase your independent films, and it's for African-American actors and directors and writers. Also, the the one that's here this weekend, the Black Women in Film Organization, that's another outlet, too, where you can showcase your black independent films. So I would say start on your local level first, and so you can get a feel and get your feet wet, and you don't have to get your feelings hurt out there in the major mainstream, um, because that's how they all did it. Lee Daniels, Ava DuVernay, all of them did it that route, um, because just as Ray brought to my attention, I forgot Ava DuVernay did the I Will Follow with Omari Hardwick and Sally uh, Richardson uh, Whitfield, right. that movie with them. Well, she did Selma this past this past um, Bronze Lens Festival. Right. She debuted Selma. But before, um, but before that, she did the other one that's very popular now on streaming media. Right. So, you know, but what she did was she had an opportunity to come together in those smaller settings, right. hear people's opinion, and go and improve on your craft. And so that when you really hit that mainstream, I mean, you are hitting it, and there's nobody like you. You are unique and different in that arena. And so it's in those smaller settings that you are molded and, and made, in other words, because I, I think about myself because I, too, am an artist. So I think about in the smaller settings, you know, I had an opportunity to be a lot more intimate with people and their opinions about the craft. So that's a great way to um, get started. So check out in your local area. Like I said, we just named two great organizations here in the Atlanta metro area. There are plenty more, and I'm sure wherever you may be, if you're in L.A., New York, Chicago, D.C., I know a lot of those places have a lot of other organizations very similar as well. Check them out. Check us back out next Tuesday. We'll be here again celebrating uh, us, 365 African Americans. But not only that, but March is March is considered Women History Month, and I'm sure there is a woman out there in your life who has made history or who is very important to you. And if nothing else, I know of one woman, because if you're here and you're listening to us, then there is one woman who made history in your life because they brought you into this world. Take time to tell them that you love them, and if they aren't around for you to tell them that you love them, you know, then shout out to the next person in your life who's been that influential in your life, that is a female, that is a woman, give her a shout-out. Be it, be it your sister, your mama, your auntie, your grandmother, your wife, your best friend. Let them know that, hey, I appreciate you because of you and what you do in my life. I appreciate you and what you speak in my life. I appreciate you. And so to all of the women who, spoke, who have spoken into my life, I'm celebrating them tonight, and I appreciate them, and I want to say thank you for looking beyond my faults and seeing who I really was and pushing me into my destiny, and I say thank you for that tonight. And thank you. On behalf of the Conversation Cafe, I am Eric Kelly Mahogany. Good night. We're out of here. Thanks for listening to the Conversation Cafe with A. Raquel at Mahogany Dawn. If you like what you just heard, you can continue to follow the conversation on Twitter and Facebook at The Convo Cafe. You can tell your friends, family, and colleagues that they can listen to previous shows at blogtalkradio.com forward slash The Conversation Cafe. This has been a Studio 3408 production. Join us next week for another edition of The Conversation Cafe. And remember, where there's no dialogue, there's no conversation.
my world Share my life With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.